0: Welcome back to the Create a Relationship You Love Summit. I'm your host, Andrea Crella, licensed professional clinical counselor. Now, the benefits of the summit are to help couples to create satisfying relationships and to communicate authentically with more harmony, understanding, and passion. Today, we have a very special guest. Her name is Beck Robbins, and she helps primarily women, but in this call, women and men, to heal, connect with their true selves, and to create desirable partnerships. She will be talking about the three steps to creating a relationship you love. We'll be covering how we can heal ourselves so that we can align with our true selves, to create a healthy and happy energy in our relationship, and to learn skills necessary to creating an intimate relationship, not only with ourselves, but also with our relationship partner. Welcome to the summit, Beck. Thank you. It's so great to be here, Andrea. Great. It's wonderful having you today. I thought we'd just go ahead and jump in to the first question, which is about creating a relationship we love. And I wanted to know what's the personal work and healing that's required for us individually in our partnerships, so that we can ultimately create a relationship that we love?
1: Yeah, I love this question, you know, because so many of us in our relationships, we're, we're trying to fix the relationship or heal the relationship or focus on the relationship when relationship largely is just a function of our relationship with ourselves. And when you have two individuals who are in strong relationship with self, then the natural consequence is this uh, harmonious uh, wholeness that comes because each individual is whole. And so there is absolutely this I guess it's not really something we're taught growing up, but there's this critical need to create wholeness within the self in order to show up in a relationship that can become whole. Because a lot of us show up, and believe me, my own history and my own story in relationship was always looking for completion or wholeness in somebody else or even in the relationship. And it wasn't until this piece was really made clear to me and, and applied that I started to experience the wholeness that's possible with not just in a love relationship, but we're talking about relationship with my child or relationship with my friends and so forth. So there is some healing that definitely has to happen. And some people don't resonate with that word, healing, because it it implies like that there's something, you know, broken or or ill. And I just want to maybe give some context to that word before we even talk about this healing i love that yeah yeah, that's great is for me it's not about fixing anything that's broken it's just releasing things that aren't really or never were ours to begin with that we've taken on and we've allowed those things to burden us or or um weigh us in a way or or um kind of warp the way that we see things or understand ourselves or the world And the first step in the work that I do in these three steps is this heal step. Uh, And I do call it heal because people resonate with healing. But when, when we really look deeper, there's nothing wrong to heal or nothing bad. It's just let's find the things that are not true to you. Let's find the things that you took on as stories, as patterns, as ways of being, ways of behaving, ways of reacting that really aren't serving you and aren't healthy. So, there are many pieces to the healing step, but one of the main ones is the healing of our entire belief system. And if you think about our belief system as an, as an operating system in a computer, you know, it has like tons of multiple webs and matrices that all overlap and interweave with each other. And we have little corners um, for each thing. We have a belief system entirely around relationship. And we have a belief system entirely around, say, like money or body and health and so forth. And when we want to optimize something like a love relationship, it's so powerful to go in and take like a microscope to the part of that operating system that defines what we believe is true about ourselves and the world in the realm of relationship.
0: Absolutely. And there's so many dimensions to our our being where, you know, where our thoughts, where our emotions, our body sensations, our spiritual relationship, our sexuality, our financial scope and how we look at finance and just all these different dimensions to our life and the way that we uh, see ourselves in the world. And so being able to see where some of those fractures are in some of those areas, based on our experiences or upbringing, is really key to ultimately creating a a solid foundation within ourselves. So how do we discover our true selves? And can you guide us uh, through an exercise on connecting with our true self more
1: powerfully? For sure. And there's different levels to this work as well, coming to know the self. I mean, this is This is ancient wisdom. You you see it in all sorts of methodologies and, and spiritual schools like, you know, Socrates, right? Know thyself, know thyself, coming to be intimate with the self. And my own journey into relationship with self began with something that I really never really understood to be as important as it is. I always kind of thought it was this thing that was just kind of a luxurious sort of pastime or hobby or this kind of woo-woo esoteric thing and and what I'm talking about you might some of you listening might already know what I'm talking about but it's actually meditation and when I when my marriage fell apart six years ago um, you know this was my dark night of the soul you know I was one of those people that I fought for my marriage for years we were in counseling and therapy like trying to fix you know all this outer focus and when it actually just when we both just surrendered and let it go The first thing that I was led to do was come into a meditation practice. And what I did was I I sat for 20 minutes every night after I put my daughter to sleep and just started to watch and listen from that place that I just described to you, that witness. If anybody's in doubt of what I'm talking about, all you need to do is ask yourself, what is the part of me that is seeing all the things that I'm seeing, not just in the world, but when I close my eyes, what is the part of me that's seeing what I imagine?" What is the part of me that's hearing the thoughts that are going on in my mind right now? That part that is bearing witness is the deepest part of the self. And it's rare that we actually lean back into that and sit in that seat, the seat of our soul. And when we take the time to like kind of lean back, like, cause we're always leaning forward and looking outward and looking out into the world, engaging and focusing outward. When we lean back and we just sit into ourselves, even if it's for five minutes, like five minutes is enough, and we just watch and listen from that place, it has already a tremendous impact on reconnecting with our deepest true nature and having that intimate knowledge of self. Because what happens when we do that often enough, we start to hear and see things that are no longer coming from our outer three-dimensional reality or from our mind. Eventually, we start to hear the whispers of our infinite selves, and we start to see the truth of who we are. And it was from that point, Andrea, that I was guided to the second level of of self-knowledge, which is a level of inquiry. And, and this is a, a big piece of the work that I do with clients as well, is really coming to know sort of, I would call it your soul's blueprint, who you are, who you really are on various different levels and all pieces of you. And, and there's kind of seven categories that we examine and we inquire about through you know, some high level questioning. And the categories are things like what gifts and talents were we born with and what skills do we have? What va- what values do we have? Like values was a huge one for me. I never really took the time to listen to the whispers of what was really most important to me. Things like our passions and our interests, all, everything we've learned through our challenges, all our wisdoms, our calling, what we're here to do, uh, our vision of what, we, what we're what we here to create, not just for ourselves, but, but for all of us humanity you know it could be very simple it could just be the your your desire to create a healthy relationship could even be the contribution and the calling that you have to contribute to humanity through example which is extremely powerful but it's so rare that we take the time to really sit down and ask ourselves these questions as if when you go out on a date for the first time and you want to get to know somebody it's all about the questions right it's all about like what's your story? Where do you come from? What, you know, where did you grow up and what school do you go to? And where'd you learn that? And did you have pets? And what are your parents like? And, you know, everybody goes into this sort of like curiosity in a relationship, but we rarely do that with ourselves. It's so powerful and so, such a relief when we take the time to not only, like I said, take those five minutes every day and kind of just return to the seat of our soul and be like oh wow this is home you know and then you know in that place start asking the questions about who we are and remembering who we are remembering why we're here and what's so cool about that is when we start to remember those things is that we stop looking for wholeness or completion through our achievements or our accomplishments or you know, outside of ourselves. And we start to get a strong sense of our wholeness just as we are. And, and that's really has an impact on relationship because we stop trying to get things from our partner. And, and I find this is one of the biggest sort of tendencies or habits that we get into in relationship is that we're looking for something from them that's really not their job to give us and vice versa. So we're kind of we have this dependency model, and um, and it, it, there's there's this binding that happens that that has a lot of consequences in relationship that aren't favorable, and that can sometimes lead to the f- feelings of being trapped or misunderstood, or feelings of not being loved, or judgment, or I mean it runs the gamut for every individual. But yeah, I would say like if anybody's curious to really understand how to optimize their relation, their love relationship. It really begins with just leaning back into the self and getting to know you and mm-hmm. starting to take care of what your soul is asking of you for you without asking anybody else for anything. Because when we start to fill ourselves, we start to show up as whole beings and that is, takes the pressure off the relationship. We can just be in relationship and we can serve each other. We can give, we can, you know, love without condition really. Cause that's, I mean, when we talk about it, this, you know, holy grail of like unconditional love. It's really only possible when there's no need or no dependency on the other person. Right. Where it's um, a
0: choice rather than from guilt or obligation that it comes from yeah. intentionality and desire.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. You know, it sounds so simple, but, you know, it, t- it takes a bit of elbow grease to
0: get there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And I think it's so important for us to take that time to really cultivate that relationship within ourselves so that we can be fully whole and that our jar is, is full so that we can actually pour pour out mm. uh, as opposed to coming from a place of emptiness or depletion and lack and being starving for something and expectations, I think is one of the, the biggest challenges in relationship yeah, is absolutely. if there's this expectation, then it starts creating, it comes from a, a sense of lack or a sense of you're not doing what I expect and, and then it, it can become tense. So mm-hmm. I think this sense of wholeness of knowing that we have what we need within ourselves and and being able to address that individually allows us to come into the relationship in a much more powerful way. I think one thing that's important to bring up is that both people in the relationship have to do this simultaneously for that to actually be productive because if both are taking ownership of, you know, themselves and then they're they're being generous from their overflow Mm, that can mm-hmm. work if both are doing that. Yeah. However, if one's doing that and the other one isn't, that's where I think it doesn't become a co-creation relationship. Right. It yeah, becomes, absolutely. it becomes one taking and one giving, and then that's going to also create a lack of of dynamic. So I'm curious, like, what are the rituals and routines and practices to cultivate a healthy and happy? energy in a relationship between partners?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a good, actually good question to move into the, you know, we talk about the three steps and I'll just review. So the first step is that inner healing. The second step, I call it the reveal, which is what I shared with you about revealing who we really are and understanding that so that we can serve ourselves. And this third step is the co-creation step. How do we co-create a reality that we want? And in this case, how do we co-create the reality of a healthy grown-up mutually serving relationship and there are habits and skills that we want to cultivate you know and it doesn't happen overnight I wish you know I wish it was magic bullet stuff where we could just like go around shooting each other and like (laughs) be able to create these ideal relationships but before I even go into the co-creation process there's For me, when I teach this, there's three sort of major aspects of the co-creative process. And I'll just clarify what I mean by co-creation. So say you're standing on one end of a football field and on the other end of the football field is this ideal expression of relationship. So you have your desire on the other side or the vision or the outcome or the the goal that you want to see manifest in your reality on the other side of that um, football field. Most of us, what we do to get there is we just start taking action and kind of, you know, take our steps to walk across the field to get to that point. So we, we do step one, we do step two, we do, you know, we you know whatever it is, even with some of the things I talked about, meditate, go to therapy, whatever, like we do the physical steps. But co-creation has a whole other aspect that makes it really much more efficient, which is the law of attraction aspect of co-creation. And so imagine if what you want is on the other side of that football field and you're on, on this side, if you pull out like this mega magnet and you're starting to walk and take the steps towards what you want, but you're, you've are you got this mega magnet that's also pulling that desire towards you, you're going to close the gap a lot more quickly. It's going to pull that reality energetically towards mm-hmm. you and you meet at the, the midline. So a lot of people... Will take a, a lot of three dimensional action, which is what we're taught in our society. Well, we got to do this, we got to do that, and they'll overlook this whole aspect of using magnetism and the law of attraction. Then there, there's a bunch, there's a whole other cohort of people that just use the law, try to use the law of attraction and meditate till the cows come home and feel and feel and feel, but they're not taking the action steps, so that takes just as long. So in co-creation, we want to use both aspects, action and attraction. To move towards and to move the outcome towards us. And all of this is, there's even a step, the first step even precedes all of this. And the first step is really working with intention. So, intention is all about clarity. We can't create something that we can't first see. And the reason why so many people aren't having the realities that they want in their life is because, first of all, they have no reference, so they, they can't imagine it. They can't visualize it. So they don't actually clarify it for themselves. And it, it's actually a really important step to even come as close to clarifying it as possible. So what we think and see and feel and imagine today is what we're creating for tomorrow. So it's important to really see, intentionally clarify what that outcome looks like, and what it feels like. And also clarify what we know we can do already. So clarifying the action steps to move towards that goal. Inten- doing work around intention is so juicy. Like It's so fun because when you can actually get clear on something, it really does feel like more attainable, more real. It already feels like it's in motion in a way. So that's the first step of co-creation, understanding how to work with intention and setting very clear intentions for your goals. And this applies to anything, Andrea, like people listening, please understand this applies to like your ideal relationship, but it also applies to like your ideal career situation, your ideal bank account amount, you know, your ideal body, all of this stuff. And when you know how to co-create, it's so cool because you can use it in any area of your life over and over again. So That intentionality is the first part of co-creation. I would ask somebody to imagine really like what would your highest relationship dynamic look like? What would this harmonious communication that you described at the beginning of our call, what would it look like? What would it feel like? And what do you know you can already do to activate that and to start to see it in the mind's eye? Then we move to the other steps that I shared earlier, which is feeling it. So that's the law of attraction is already feeling the outcome. Once you identify, well, what would that feel like? Then our job is to actually feel the feelings of it way before it even happens, to actually use our imagination and visualize it. And when we feel an outcome, we actually pull that outcome towards us in the future. And that's, you know, for people listening that know about the law of attraction, they'll know this, but that's really... A lot of people aren't leveraging that. We're more focused on feeling the anxiety of not having an ideal relationship, or we're focused on the anger that we have towards our partner. So guess what we're pulling towards us in the future? More anxiety or frustration or anger. So we become stewards of our emotional state or our feeling state. And once we can deliberately conjure the feelings of the outcome, it increases the speed at which we can create it in our reality. And then finally the actual three-dimensional step, doing the meditation, whatever it takes, going to therapy, like seeing you or working with a relationship coach or doing some self-love work or um, trying different communication strategies, whatever it is, having date night, you know, I mean, the, the possibilities are endless in terms of what we know we can already do because usually there's a number of things we already know we could do that we just choose not to. So it's about clarifying then what we know we can do and committing to those actions. Because if we don't commit to those actions, then what's probably happening is we don't really want what we say we want, or we're scared of actually getting what we say we want, which is a whole other thing to like release, you know, back to the heel step, (laughs) releasing the fears and the deep seated resistances to what we want. So it, it all works in tandem. These three steps, they all work together. To create the ideal outcome, and in this case, a really healthy, functioning love relationship with, with that open communication, that harmony that you talk about, and starting to model that for other people to show them what's possible.
0: And I like the fact that you incorporate because I think a lot of times we look at things in a very linear way, action way, which is the masculine energy of like driver, achieve, get it, and and yep. definitely that's an important aspect of our being, and both men and women ha- possess this this mm-hmm. nature, but we also have this feminine aspect of ourselves, whether being a man or a woman which is a different style, it's a different approach, it's, it's about allowing, it's about similar to when a child is in the womb, right? It's, it's a seed that you plant, and then over time, it's just in process. It's, it's inevitable that it's going to come to fruition because we've already planted the seeds. And so this whole intentionality piece, which is a very feminine-focused way, which isn't tangible, which isn't similar to that masculine way of seeing things. But it's something. It's another power. It's another dimension that we can access. And so I love this combination mm. of these two aspects of our being that can cultivate this harmony and cultivate this reality that we desire.
1: The masculine and feminine balance, if you really look closely at some of the most ancient wisdom on the planet, you, you do see that balance in every methodology. Like even the, the yin and yang symbol, you know, you have the balance of that black and white circle like that balanced energy is so critical in harmonious existence and the feminine masculine has to be balanced you know we talk about the wholeness it's so true when it's balanced within us then it can also be balanced in our relationships so it's a great reminder what you just mentioned the feminine and masculine aspects of ourselves and how that plays into you know we think as a woman in relationship that we're the feminine Component. We are physiologically the feminine component, but we have, you're right, we have this feminine masculine within us that has to be balanced. If we're so feminine within us, we don't have that strong masculine, we're not whole and we're showing up needing to be completed again. And the same vice
0: versa for men. Exactly.
1: Yep. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I
0: love it. Great. Great. Well, wonderful. I really enjoyed this conversation and I hate to have to wrap it up, but we're at time. Mm -hmm. And I know that you mentioned that uh, you have a free gift for our audience. So can you share what that is and where our audience can access that?
1: Absolutely. So, you know, there's two possible things that, that I would love for people to take away from this call, Uh, one of them is actually uh, something that I recommend for everybody, it's my seven day misery detox program and it's called the misery detox program and it's really an insight into some of those skills that we talked about with that self-knowledge, that self-awareness, coming to know and see how we're functioning, what we're thinking, what our relationship to our highest self is and so forth. and. This program, it's like it's seven audios that you get over a week and there's a little bit of tutorial and then a very practical, tangible exercise that you can apply immediately in your day to start to see the results of this. And, you know, I've had thousands of people go through this program and the results are phenomenal, even with just these little pieces of awareness of of how we can start to shift the way we're showing up within our own lives and within our own selves So that is there for download for people. And for those people that were listening, that were really curious about these three steps, the the heal, reveal, create, and they'd like to learn more about how those steps can apply to their own relationship, whether it's, you know, creating a relationship or healing a relationship. I invite those people to apply for a 30 minute session with me so that I can explain how it would apply specifically to their situation.
0: Well, thank you so much, Beck, for this conversation. I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, me too. Thanks for having me, Andrea.
0: Great. And I'm your host, Andrea Carella, with True Potential Counseling. Just to recap what we covered, we covered the three ways to create a relationship you love focusing on how to heal, reveal, and then create. Um, Not only just healing internally, but also being able to connect with our true selves and then ultimately co-creating with our partner the type of relationship, life, financial perspective that we desire most in our lives. So definitely stay tuned for our next interview. You'll check your inbox tomorrow for the continuation of the Creator Relationship You Love Summit series. I can't wait to connect with you then. Take care.